Well, hello to you. It's been a long day, man. It's been a long day for you, news lady. Yep. Welcome on in, Pat AJ Podcast. How are you? How are you? I'm good, man. What I want to know is, is um, what was the Costco return department's reaction <laughs> when you had to return a less than 24-hour old purchase uh, that, of course, I made and then brought home and then AJ quickly is like, really? Hang on um, a second. Hang on. You also realize that this is just not going to work out. <laughs> uh, it was a uh, it was it was a Nerf gun for dogs for dogs. I, you know, I panicked a little bit when I because I <laughs> I worked on uh, Saturday while they went to Costco yeah. and then I took a nap and when I woke up they were home and there was a Nerf gun. Yeah. in the package on the island in the kitchen. And I said, oh, my God, why and how much? Because Which, I, I mean, know that Nerf guns are are really expensive for, for being plastic guns that shoot foam. And, like, our son is way past his Nerf days. Like, he was in a Nerf for a little bit, and Nerf was kind of everywhere. I think he went to, like, a Nerf birthday party. But he's not, like, into Nerf anymore. No. So it would be an out-of-the-ordinary purchase to see. That's why you had to look closely. And it was not Nerf. It was Nerf for dogs, okay? For the dogs. Because- I knew I knew that this thing had way too much kick to it before we even took it out of the package. Our dog, she's a 13-year-old mini schnauzer. Yes. And probably in the last like five or six years has been completely obsessed with tennis balls. Yeah, she wasn't a dog that when she started off as a puppy was in a fetch. She loved playing tug of war and yeah. stuff like that. But all of a sudden, yeah, it's like this classic tennis ball renaissance where just just throw balls, <gasps> she'll go get them, she'll bring them back. Do you know when it was? And I just remembered it. When it was, was it? was when we lived in central Wisconsin and we had this enormous amazing backyard yeah and I said oh cool like I can and it was it was wooded all around so I'm like Mm -hmm. I can play fetch with her she's not going anywhere sure so that's when I started playing fetch with her and wearing her out by throwing the ball all the way across the yard that's when that started unfortunately now in Arizona we don't really have a big yard at all but we have this huge run in our house so these are how our evenings go everyone's kind of worn down because we all work now and we're sitting there enjoying our time and the dog is going batshit crazy wanting us to throw these tennis balls she sits there and just snorts <laughs> and just like shakes her head and and it's perfect like where our little couch seating area for where me and aj kind of chill is it has a perfect shot like if she brings me the ball or aj the ball you can easily boom, throw it it makes it down this little run in our house she goes and gets it and brings it back now this is where it gets interesting because she's not always i don't know perhaps the easiest dog to play with 
she often now uh, used to just bring the ball back and not give it to you, right? Well, that's that's a dog thing. That's not just her. That's like um, that's the story with all dogs is they're jerks about it. Now she's moved on to just not bringing the ball back at all, right? Right. She'll run into the living room and like if she doesn't lose it, because sometimes it does end up under a couch or an entertainment center. Yeah. By the way, she's a terrier. Not like she's built <laughs> to put her fucking nose to the ground and find things, right? She just kind of quits is what she does. I mean, let's be honest. She's 13. She's probably getting a little deaf get a little blind <laughs> probably you know the the schnoz ain't working like it used to it's so cute though because when she wants to play with the tennis <laughs> oh, ball she immediately turns into a puppy so like you know she'll she'll run and and then she'll run back like i don't know where the ball is but fuck it let's play with another one so then she wants you to like throw another ball so here i thought i was doing i was kind of like conquering i was i was filling a void in our home i said hold on this is a nerf gun that shoots dogs tennis balls and it comes with like 20 of them. So is, I, that what, is that what was appealing was the number of yes. tennis balls? <laughs> so I said, can you imagine that if I, like, we're sitting in our little seat where we sit watching TV and she comes up, and I just pull out, whoosh, I got my little, you know, side piece there, and then, bam, shoot one. She goes nuts and goes and tries to find it. Maybe she does, probably doesn't. Comes back, still wanting to play. Guess what? I got 19 more to go. That's whoosh, a- it's a perfect, bam, bam. perfect world you're living in, isn't it? <laughs> now, that was my little cloud. I came home. I put it together. AJ goes, what the fuck is that? I load this thing. I shoot it once. And to be fair, let me just say, I did think when Thank once you. you showed me what it was, I was like, that's oh, okay. a great idea. See, once she didn't think I was starting it like a, like a Nerf war with someone. Well, I'm like, you didn't spend $100 no, on no, a Nerf no, gun, no. did you? Come on now. But as soon as I shot that thing... Our dog hits the deck like it's a fucking lightning strike outside and just whoop, goes down, head goes down, kind of slints away. And I go, oh, shit. So it turns out that she hates the sound it makes. But once she figured out that it would shoot a tennis ball, she would go get it. And then she would do the same thing she always does where she doesn't bring it back or she brings it back and like drops it halfway. So really, we're back to square one. And this thing, I mean, this thing has, like, firepower behind it. There was kick it. on it. Trust me. It, there wasn't a lot of tossing. I think it was firing down the hall. Yeah. Well, and I was worried, too, because, like, we're just, we're at <laughs> She a, was. AJ's like, we have breakable things in there. For the first time in our adult lives, <laughs> because we have been parents for almost yes. the entire time we've been together. And for the first time in our adult lives, we have nice things in the house. Mm-hmm. Like, we have breakable things in the house that are super You just super turned cool. into your dad. I know. Congratulations. Here's Bob. Everyone, ask AJ, what was your home known as in high school? The museum. Why was it known as the museum? Because my dad had, like, paintings with lights above them and breakable shit all over the place. There you go. Now, She's done her own thing. She's done her own little Bob museum here in Arizona. No, Congratulations. It's, I, it's got, Southwestern got, themed. Well, yeah, we've got, like, Southwestern <laughs> vases So and his stuff. is Navy themed. Yours is Toco Belly themed. Yeah, pretty Fantastic. much. But uh, the first thing I thought is I'm like, you're going to hit the vase and break it, and that's going to be it. Yeah. Didn't and happen. No, but I mean, we he shot it like three times, and we realized it's not a thing. It's not a thing. It just wasn't going to work. But we also knew Costco had a great return policy. I mean, that so. is kind of like the one thing that you always learn about is is that Costco legendary return policy. So AJ's nice enough to say, look, very valiant effort. Do you mind if, um, or do you want me to return this? Well, it was only, and, and to be honest, 
I thought it was way more than twenty dollars. No, it was it was it was, it was, it was like nineteen ninety five. So I mean, it's not the end of the world to keep it. If it was like a hundred dollar Nerf gun, I'd say you're crazy. I'm taking it back. But Pat was like, "Yeah, just take it back. Like we're we're this isn't gonna work. We don't have like a lab. We don't have a puppy. We don't have a big yard. This is just not not gonna work in the house." So okay, walk me through this. I mean, because I assume when you return something, they always ask like, "Is there something wrong with it? Is it defective? Are you like, no, this is just a dumb purchase from my impulsive husband?" Well, I was surprised to be honest that the return center was right in the front of the store, yeah, just sure. because a lot of returns, you know, are in the back. Like Coles, you used to have to walk to the back of the Kohl's. store. Why is that funny? Marshall Fields. <laughs> what else are we gonna talk? Those are old. They like Costco's members only. They don't want you walking through the fucking store. True story. Um, so I walk in and it wasn't too bad for a Sunday afternoon. I was expecting like a the crazy, like the, the Walmart return line is yeah, usually sure. nuts. I was expecting that. It wasn't. There were three people yeah. at the counter and two people in front of me. So okay. I'm like, no problem. The person in front of me mm-hmm. had a grill that was put together, a large grill. Okay. Um, and it had clearly been used. There was like grease marks oh, on it. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and he was returning it. And I was like, that wow. guy waited. That guy waited till like the day before whatever the policy is. If it's right. 90 <laughs> days on like day 88, he's like, yeah, pack it up. I got to tell you what, this thing can't smoke worth something days. He probably had like like a, a pool party and like used That's the grill for the pool nuts. party. So and hold on. Did he back. like wheel it in? Was it? Was he yeah, just wheeling it? He was just standing next to it. It was like wheeled <laughs> in. It was, it was big. It was like the That's, size of your old one. Okay. So it had like a smoker on it. It was huge. <laughs> and the person in front of them who yeah. was at the counter had three rolls of sod, one of which was clearly, it had pins in it, which means they like tried to put it down. Okay. I didn't know they All sold right. sod at Costco. I that was, was going to say, hold on. Can I chop that up to like more Costco uh, Amazing se- secret yeah. finds? They're incredible. They sell everything. I didn't know they sold sod. Secondly, who the fuck is buying sod in Arizona, you dipshit? You know, we live could, in a fucking desert. Stop sh- this with grass. That's ornamental. I should um, fix that for you a You should second. have kicked the sod out of well, their no, hand and said I'm no saying, refunds. It may not have been sod. It may have been just artificial turf. I'm not sure, but either way. Okay, it's that It's probably makes artificial. It was artificial turf. You're okay. right. Sorry. I just, the word sod, you know, I'm a Midwestern girl. We yeah. put down sod, not right, artificial turf. Gotcha, gotcha. New to Arizona. Um, so they were returning all that, and I'm sitting there thinking, I wonder if they're going to bing any of these people and say, no, you can't return it. Yeah, but like legendary, the Costco return policy. Yeah, no. Legendary. They returned the used mm, grill. They returned yeah. the artificial turf. So I get up there, mm-hmm. and she's like, is there anything wrong with it? I said, no, other than the fact that it's going to break something in my house, and my dog's 13 and isn't yeah, interested. And she laughed, and she's like... Oh, she's she's like that. You know, this will be good for a puppy or a big dog. I'm like, yeah, we don't have the room. Yeah, we don't yeah. have a yard. And then it came, and and I, I absolutely blamed it on you because it was on your debit card, so it became a big thing. Oh, as was it a, was it a big to do? Did yeah. you get cash back or no? Did you get a gift they, card they put or it something? on my debit card, but okay. only because we're under the same membership. Gotcha, gotcha. But they're like, oh well, we can't give you cash back. Blah blah. But it was fine. I just it was wondered how that went, man. Remember when they used to be? Remember that shit, dude? I gotta tell you, if there's one thing I've noticed in the retail revolution is that all of a sudden. Um, the power is much more in the consumer when it comes to yeah. returns. I remember when going to to the return section, 
going to the return department was almost like anxiety inducing. It was. It was like going to church, man. You were like, I don't know if they're going to forgive me of my sins. They may cast me out and be like, take these soiled goods and be gone. So do you want to hear something that I don't think I've ever told anybody? Oh, I'd love to hear it. Um, so when we lived in Wisconsin, we lived like hours from anything. Yeah, we were pretty rural. Yeah. And um, there was a mall, not a ton of shops. <laughs> there was a mall. But... <laughs> You know how it is, too. Like, they don't always have your size in the shops, but they have it online. So yeah. I would buy my clothes online. And, like, hold on. Take take the time frame of this so people know where this is we like are. like 2009. 2009. Yeah. So is, Amazon's not really oh, no. a thing It was yet. not. That was They were still selling books okay. for college, I'm pretty sure. But, I mean, you're still, I mean, at this you're, point, you're, you're though. You're still ordering directly from the store. Okay. You're still, like, if you're going to order, you'll go to Gap.com. And that's what I did. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to name the store because I'm still... Uh, how many years later embarrass a shit over it. Okay. Um, but I bought all these clothes online from yeah. this store and I never learned my lesson. They never fit. Okay. They were either too big or too small, but they didn't have my size in store. So I couldn't go try it on. I bought so much stuff online and returned it. And this was, again, this is the beginning of online shopping. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They literally told me at one point, what is that? you've returned too much stuff. You can't return that That's dress. It. You're banned. And I almost Damn. threw up. Like, I wanted to run out of the store screaming. You know I felt like people were looking at me. I was like, oh, my God. I'm that person. That's, um, in a weird way, how Pat connects us to his childhood. Oh, shit. <laughs> what? For a while. Because I have never told yeah. you. That. It happened right before our wedding. Because I had um, bought a bunch of clothes for Vegas, and, like, nothing ever fit, and I just kept returning it, and finally they shut me down. So for a while, the hustle in the neighborhood, when I was growing up south side of Chicago, was um, they would steal shoplift, I should say, and they just being local hooligans in the neighborhood. Local hooligans. A.K.A. my friends. <laughs> they would steal things from a Kmart, and they were stealing fishing lures. Okay. Because they were small. Yeah. And they're about 20 bucks a pop. Are they really? They're expensive. I know nothing about fishing. Neither did I. <laughs> but they knew if you could, like, get out with one or two of them, you, you could, could get money back. You could yeah. go to a different Kmart, and then you could return it, and they would give you cash. Interesting, for it. because you would think they would like require a receipt. Well, they di- if you did not, and and that was the thing. You think my hooligan friends and have this all worked out? It's like fucking shameless. All right, everyone always says that. <laughs> really, is it like shameless? Yeah, yeah it's kind of like shameless. Yes. Okay, Southside's kind of like shameless. No, you could return without a receipt. I think up to three times in a calendar year. Okay. So if you had an ID, so what they do is... Well, they keep track, yeah. So the hooligans would basically, once they were... Um, I love the way you don't call yeah. them my friends. No, the hooligans. <laughs> once they were burned, right? So once, like, you know, they had done it three times and their girlfriend had done it three times, then they'd start negotiating with people around the neighborhood. Like, you'd be walking down the block and they'd pull up like, hey, man... You got an ID? Like, that's how the conversation would start. Yeah. Do you have an ID? And if you were to answer that with yes, they would then go into, you want to make a quick five bucks? Because, so you know. So they send you in to do it. Yeah. So they so they would have you with your ID go in there. You'd return these things and say some dumb shit like, oh, my grandpa got me fishing lures for okay, my birthday. Okay, but hang on. That's way different. That, like, these people were stealing. I, I was actually buying this shit. They just didn't want but me to bring it back. The reason how they found it out is because they would all eventually go in there and then they would stop them and say, I'm sorry, but you've, yeah. you've you know, and this is you've back. You've used in, your three yeah, opportunities. This is the 90s. So there's no fucking Google to find no. out like what 
what the magic number is. But they, they like they wrote your name down in a list, probably. Yeah, like right? there were no pictures of your ID or anything. So like they literally found out, um, you know, like okay, three is a magic number when they officially cut us off. So you found out what was your magic number? How many times did you return mm, things? I think it was probably seven or eight. Oh man, that's you know that's I mean that's a lot, but it it's is. not again. But shit, the, didn't, I mean, it didn't fit. Like the the clothes still had tags on them and stuff. But see, and that was my problem. I'm like, but it doesn't fit. And this is why Bezos got to go to the I moon know. on a big dick. I he know. got to ride a big fat dick to the fucking moon <laughs> because you know why? They were fighting you on returning shit. Yeah. And, and and do you know what fucking Bezos said? He said, "Come here, baby. I'll take those returns." And you said, "Bezos, here's your Bezos bucks, daddy." Do you okay? want to hear though the funniest thing? And it's just so funny. That's that all, all it was, this, man. That's all it was. All of this has happened like in the last week. Um, I got an email yesterday that said that Amazon is charging me for something that I returned. Why? And I said, what? That never happens. Because they're claiming I didn't return it because I included it in a package with another return. Oh, you And they're like, well, I got this, I I got this email and they're like, well, we refunded you, but you didn't send it back. I'm like, yes, I did. You, you said I could put them in the same package. But I mean, still the over under now compared to 20 years ago. Yeah, no, no, no. This is the first time and it's like 17 bucks. It's not the end of the world. And I truly don't want to fight it because, yeah. you know, once you start fighting with sellers and then Amazon, it gets to be real muddy. I'm like, it's fine. I'll take I'll take the, the loss. But yeah, no, this is the first time that's happened in my so many yeah. years of using Amazon where they're like, and it is we're going to charge fucking... you because you didn't return it when I really did. I mean, I know we all make jokes and it almost sounds as cheap as um, um, like a black guy walks like this and a white guy walks like this this type joke, but our fucking house is a goddamn sword facility, and she doesn't even know at this point what is showing up. And I know you're saying, oh, Pat, we hit that in my house fucking four, five, six years ago. Fine. This is new to us. Every day there's shit. I mean, multiple packages piling Can up. Can we please be fair and in you that the literally, only, only package that showed up today was for you? You literally... Did th- you know that? The other day she goes... I don't know what it is. I'm so excited. And she goes to get, like open it up. Ooh. Listen, we're just we're at a really weird point in this like moving process where mm-hmm. we're starting to realize that certain things either got lost or didn't get moved. Yeah, yeah. And they're like things we need, like, you know, like some dishes and and stuff to cook and like little stuff around the house. And if I don't have I'm working my ass off right now. If mm-hmm. I don't have time to go out, yes, I will Amazon Prime it. And in in the Tucson area, we get same See, day. You can get same day yeah, delivery. That's on why shit. it's gone ridiculously up. Why our intake is, yeah. has shot up is because we are within that like twelve. I mean, literally, we're within a metro area where they will get you that shit in this twenty four hours. I don't need it in the same day, but if they're going to send it, like I'll take it. And then that totally negates the even the two day shipping when when you would be like, well, maybe I could go to the Walmart now. When they're like, oh, we'll get it here tomorrow. Yeah, like, I I'm just shameless right? at this point. If I need something and I don't have time to go out and get it, See? I order it. I'm a working mom, man. I don't know what it to tell you. Fucking <laughs> took. It's just like the same way Netflix was born out of blockbuster late fees. Yeah. You know, they were all pissed off about blockbuster always charging you for bringing back fucking Ferris Bueller's Day Off a day late. <laughs> they created Netflix, and now Blockbuster's gone away with the dodo. It's the same thing, man. I used to date a girl in um uh, in college, and she was a bitch um, a pr- <laughs> but a proud one like a very south side oh, well, chicago she owned it like oh fuck yeah there's Good. a million of these girls Good. right 
And she worked, of course, in customer service at Walmart because that's who you need. (laughs) Working in customer service. And she worked returns and like she enjoyed this sparring every day where she would like she wouldn't she wouldn't fucking like accept anything back. And like she just loved fighting with people. And like that was back in the nineties when you could like do that shit. I worked at with somebody like that at when I worked at the mall in college. I worked at a candle store Mm -hmm. and you would not believe that that and Victoria's Secret, you not believe the kind of shit people tried to return. People tried yeah. to return um, worn panties, and I don't mean just I mean, worn. Yeah, now listen, yeah. I understand there are lines in the sand, yeah. of course. Somebody this- brought in a three-wick candle that yeah. was burned yeah. to the bottom okay. and said she didn't like the okay. smell. We're like, you used but the whole thing. I will say, in general, I do remember it always being a you against the house, and you yes. felt like it was a casino, and you were always set yeah. up to lose. Now, I say with digital returns and whatever the fuck it is, I feel like for the most part, it's a pretty seamless process. It is, yeah. And and I hate to say it, but those are the companies I go back to, the yeah. ones that make it a seamless process. The company that told me I returned too much stuff that didn't fit, I don't go Never to them anymore. Never gone back. Nope. Huh? I, I like I don't think I could ever show my That's face funny. there again. <laughs> that was the million dollar idea, man. You should have figured it out right there. I you know, I always figure out these million dollar ideas about two people too late. Million dollar ideas. Well, hello everybody. How are you? Hey, did you know that summer's supposed to be over? Because Labor what? Day happened. I know. It's actually 100 degrees here in Arizona. I hear it's still kind of warm in the Midwest as well for folks. Also, people are all upset now because the great Farmer's Almanac have come out with their report. What people don't know is AJ freelanced for the Farmer's Almanac radio report when you were out of work. Like in between your radio gigs and you were kind of just shuffling around for money. Yeah, up until just recently, actually. You were doing this, I and, and you were working for him, writing some stuff for him. Yeah, I wrote the Daily Radio Report. And, um, I mean, they're arguably known for, I feel like, that's like the big weather thing, right? That's what they yeah. do. And they just put that out for our winter, like the winter prediction. Oh, let me guess. It's going to suck and people are mad. Um, It's supposed to be uh, mild, dry, and cool where we are. Oh, that's yeah, That's in the Arizona area, but they're supposed to be like... I, I wouldn't even look at, like, I, I wouldn't even consider looking at it. Um, wet actually, wet and cold, wet and cold. Yeah, I know, right? Which is almost kind of more of a bummer. I've always said I hated about the Midwest is like I can deal with snow. Do I love it? No, but I used to play in it when I was a kid. I like to ice skate. Blah blah blah. Mm. I can deal with it. The problem with the Midwest is you get to a point where it's thirty below zero. And you can't even play in the snow. You cannot. It's not safe to even go outside. Like, that's where I draw the line. I'm what like, place, this is dumb. Like, where do you feel has the best, like, middle ground? Where is it? Is it I don't like, know. This is, is like Kentucky? Like, like, I have no idea. I don't know. This is the first time I've lived in a warm climate during the winter. So I have no idea what it's going to be like. I don't know what it's like in other places. Yeah. I mean, I was just curious because I know the depths of winter. Like, and I talk to people out here in, in Arizona and they find out where I'm from and stuff. And of course, we always bring up the contrast of summers and winters and all that. And 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 we're at the end of what is a quote unquote summer uh, here in Arizona. And days are still a hundred degrees before we crashed into the fall of eighty. I'll tell you though, this morning I I got up a little bit earlier than normal. I let the dog out, and it was like ch- not chilly. Mm-hmm. It was crisp. It was crisp. But people out here have been asking me about those. You know, really? Is it, I mean, like, look, I'm like, yeah. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. 
There are 10, I mean, the wind chill and all this, it's fucking 10 degrees below. It'll, it'll literally chap and, your face when you walk out yeah. the door. And no, that's no fun because you can't, like I said, if you're going to have winter, you should be able to enjoy it because you don't want to stay cooped up in the house. And that's what you have to do. You stay cooped up in the house. And I feel like I'm giving my impression of it because I'm a dude from, you know, Chicago who now has lived in Michigan and Wisconsin. So, yeah. like, I know the harshest winters known to man. Oh, I've had a lot of people here ask me, like, the lore of Midwest yeah. winters because most I mean, just like any other place, most people around us are are from Arizona. They've been, you know, they've lived here their whole lives. So they're like, ooh, you're from the Midwest? Mm -hmm. Tell me about the winter. I'm like, yeah, it's as bad as it it sounds. It's freaking terrible. just think about how they sell it, like the frozen tundra of Green Bay, Wisconsin. That's what it is. You know, that's that's like how they brand it. So someone who lives in New Mexico would be like, what the fuck kind of Antarctic shit is going on up there, you know? When we lived in the Green Bay area, we were snowed in in for a few days yeah. all three of us were sick our kid was a baby he was projectile vomiting and we felt we were projectile we were projectile vomiting. Vomiting. and we i just remember feeling so forlorn like we're in this little apartment <sighs> completely snowed in everybody's sick i'm like this blows so hard for I, everybody i remember that because it was a packers yep seahawks playoff game and this was far, I believe it was Favre's last season. Yes, it was. With the Packers, right before he announced he was um, retiring, quote unquote, and he went on to play for a few more. Um, but it was one of those where it was so uh, snowing, and I had just left Seattle, and all my friends in Seattle were uh, texting me because during this game, I think famously Brett Favre, like, Started making snowballs, yes, and throwing them at players because it was just so fucking obnoxious. It was ridiculous, yeah. I mean, and, we have we've been snowed in to the point where you can't like open your front door, yeah. And like, and people down here, that's that's urban legend. And like AJ, you can back me up on this, but a lot of our Seattle friends were saying thing like our Arizona friends. They were fascinated by the lore of the winters. And then what happens? Their football team goes up against the quintessential Midwestern winter team. And during this most important game, which the Packers won, I remember that too. Of course they did. Just this insane amount of snow dumped down. And it was like, yes, this is what we were talking about, friends. This. It is a little weird decorating for Halloween because, yes, I'm decorating now because I love Halloween. And I you, wondered if it was too early because one of my friends is uh, decorating for Halloween as well. No, and we I, were starting to give him shit that it's only September. No, I don't think it's too early. I think you can uh, decorate whenever you want. And I'm just one of those people who are like, if I'm going to decorate, mm-hmm. I want to get the most bang for my buck out of it. Gotcha. And in that sense, then, yeah, I'm going to decorate in September and then I'll have two solid months to enjoy everything. Yeah. But it does feel weird when it's 106 and I'm putting up a sign that says, hello, pumpkin outside. <laughs> like it's, it's bizarre, but I'll tell you something right now. I, I'm excited for this quote unquote winter here yeah, in whatever Arizona. Whatever it will be, right? Whatever it is, I, I guarantee you I won't hate it. Today, parents who say, I give up, I can't handle my wild teen anymore. I would, I'd do anything. I'd send her away. The teens say they're not afraid of anything. Later on, we're going to show you what goes on in a no-nonsense, tough-as-nails boot camp for wild teens. Now, is this the answer? Well... This is going to sound weird because we can finally uh, do the thing where maybe we can interview someone on our on our podcast <gasps> about their podcast. What? Because I finally, um, after being a podcaster for what, six months now? Has it been like six months? Uh, I don't know. It's been a long time. 
it's been more than that. Um, I finally found a podcast that I listen to. Oh, I know. Bless your heart. This is weird. This would be like someone who who got into radio, and you're like, oh, what's some of your favorite radio DJs? And you'd be like, none. Why are you doing it? Because I want to. Well, it's very strange because people would always ask us, like, when we worked on the FM dial, like, what podcast do you listen to? And we're like, we don't. Like, because we do radio four hours a day. The last thing we're going to do yeah. is listen to somebody else do radio. And because that's when the pressure was for all the FM people to, to then turn their FM shows into podcasts. Yeah, they wanted us to do a podcast, like, after our show, yeah. to which we said, no, that's dumb. Yeah. <laughs> and it was. And I'm so glad we waited till we were unemployed to do it. But I assume it would be like, you know, you get some kid and you're like, hey, man, you just got drafted to the NFL. Who's Who's your favorite players? You're like. Don't have any. Don't I don't know anything about the NFL. I don't know, man. Just figured out I have a knack for it. I'm going to go for it. I've always felt like I was missing out on something by not having a favorite podcast or not even being into podcasts. Well, because like your sister was like, you know, your sister yeah. is like the quintessential um, millennial. And myself and AJ being Xennials, just a little bit older than her, we kind of watched her in her like yeah. literal, like the the uh, beginning of the skinny jeans and the, all that bullshit. And yeah, she, she's like double income, no kids. Yeah, dinking it all day. Has a bunch of pets and loves podcasts. And so she was the first one who used to just tell us how much our, our job was irrelevant. Like yeah. like from, from the first day I met her, she was She's like, like, nobody listens. Uh, you work on the radio. No one listens to the radio. I have, a, I have an iPod. Have you ever heard iPod? But it, it There's was, an iTunes store. You can get podcasts. She would say to me all the time, she's like, anything yeah. I'd talk about, she would say, Jenny, there's a podcast there's for a that. Podcast there's a podcast, there's a podcast for anything you're interested in. And I said, I don't care. Well, <laughs> like, here you go. It's the very first Pat and AJ, or I guess just Pat this uh, is just you, recommendation. Yeah. Pat's pick, everyone. Uh, the Lost Kids. So right? what is this about? Pat? The Lost Kids. Not new by, by any stretch um, either. It is uh, a podcast produced and hosted and uh, researched and all that stuff by the same guy who did the podcast on Nexium. Remember yes. Keith Ranieri, our yes. favorite vanguard up there in uh you know New York, fucking scarring women and stuff and yeah. abusing people. Uh, so he did a podcast on that. That's his big one, and it's a book and all that shit. And now he has this this other one. It's called the Lost Kids. Lost Kids is essentially all about what we have come to know about the troubled teen industry. Okay. If I say troubled teen industry, like what pops in your head? What do you think of? I think about those talk shows like Sally Jesse and stuff and like Maury when they would bring kids on that um, had problems and were misbehaving and they'd mm-hmm. send them like a boot camp. The boot camp. Yeah. yeah. Remember that? You'd, or you'd... they'd take them to jail for one day. And yeah. The like, scared yeah. straight scared shit. Straight. Right? Yeah. That's what I think of. So, you know, the, the, and once again, it's, you find odd bedfellows in life. Uh, we've talked about that one. Who thought we'd all defend Kim Kardashian and that little uh, duo right. of uh, case, but we uh, have learned from Paris Hilton in a lot of uh, her recent media outgoings where she's kind of shed the image that she was, the character she was, and talked a lot about her um, experiences of these boarding schools um, that are basically abusive. And she has now used her platform to start to spread awareness and really trying to shut down some of these places. Um, which, by the way, this may or may not shock you, uh, all these really fancy or high-priced places that claim they can fix your kids are not regulated. No. I know. Shocks 
I know. Might as well send them on a cruise ship. <laughs> so, yeah, no, but I started listening to the Lost Kids, and it's all about, I mean, they talk about, in, in particular, one place called Sea-Doo, which was a boarding school out in California, and they were just places that took in the quote-unquote troubled teens. Okay. And we've really kind of evolved our views on how to deal with troubled children. Um, I mean, that just goes as a society, right? Yeah. Like, like as like a hundred years ago, you'd smack the shit out of a kid um, that like acted up and that was supposed to be like, this is how we do things in a healthy manner. No, we do. We, we, we teach respect. No, we're fucking traumatizing people, right? It's very cute. All the people <laughs> who still think we should just smack the shit out of kids. Yeah. Now they're like, that's what we should be doing. Yeah, right. So no, but so there was this industry that kind of started to bumble up in the seventies and it kind of came out of the drug rehab world because at that point in time, the alcoholics didn't like mixing with anyone who was a drug addict. Okay. So you kind of had these programs that started to bubble that were all about toughness and all about calling you out on your bullshit, yeah. pal. You're a junkie and you're not worth anything. Yeah. When you're going to look yourself in the face and say, I'm worth nothing. And it was this philosophy of breaking people down to build them back. Yeah. Up, that we had to make you become so aware of all these harsh truths in your lives that you're shattered. And then we can put you back together. This industry morphed into the troubled teen industry. And that's where the Lost Kids takes us to a place out in California named Sea-Doo, which um, did these same kind of therapeutics on kids. And what kind of kids? Well, any kid. Did you have a check that would clear? Excellent. Yeah. Is yeah. your child acting up? Oh, you caught him smoking a joint? Uh -oh. Great. Off to here. Um, how about this? Uh, one young girl was caught having phone sex at 14. She got shipped off to one of these uh, therapeutic boarding schools. And uh, she had some really great therapy done where they screamed at her that she was a whore. <gasps> and how she needed to admit that to everyone in the she's room. 14. Well, she's a whore. She oh needs to own her actions. God. This fucking podcast. I mean, and when I say it talks about it from all sides... They literally get people who used to work at these places. I wondered about that. Yeah, if they get people who work there. Who will defend it. Yeah. Who claim that they were saving lives. They also talk to kids who are now adults who went to these places who are absolutely fucking traumatized and shattered because of the their experiences there. This sounds like um it sounds like Lula Rich, the documentary we just watched about Lula Roe because the craziest thing about it to me was that the founders of the company were part of the documentary. And yeah, they were trying to defend it. Yeah. But normally you just see like, you know, so, so and so was yeah. contacted and wouldn't comment. It was. So I, it's, it's incredible that they have people from those places on the podcast. I will say that it was very interesting to hear someone who is um, very openly talked about by a lot of the former students in this podcast as a key agitator, like this guy, this guy. Yeah. And then holy shit, they're like coming up next episode. It's that guy. Yeah. And he's 70 fucking years old now. Sure. And he's willing to talk on the record because, again, this is kind of generational shit. Yeah. This is stuff that he still stands by. He's, it is a six episode. They're about 30 to 40 minutes a piece. That's about right, yeah. Right? So it's enough for, like, for me, it's like for the drive home. So I'm driving home in my normal, you know, work day. I'm like, it's kind of enough to, like, get me through. 
And what they deal with is not only the kids who went there, some of the employees who worked there who look back on it both in a negative or positive light. Yeah. Um, there is a and that's over... just the same as the LuLaRoe documentary. Absolutely. There were people in the documentary who still sell it. Absolutely. Um, there is a thread throughout the entire thing of a case um, of a missing child. And he is one of many over the decades who have just disappeared from these places, yeah. who run away. And we don't know what happens. And it's just the first time that I found myself like, holy shit, man. Like, I'm in. I'm like, into this, yeah. Like, like, I clicked follow on it, and yeah. every day I looked. Like, I actually, the one day, I... um. I drove, I think, a couple extra blocks because I wasn't quite done yet. That's right. He came <laughs> home like like five minutes late. It was nothing. Yeah. And it wasn't. it's not even late. Like He gets home at a different time every day. He's like, sorry, I had to drive around the block to finish my podcast. It was because like, I was right to Yeah, I'm like, oh, I have to finish this episode. And I didn't want to just sit in my driveway. Yeah. So I was just driving around the neighborhood. And it's really good. And it's, you know, maybe it's because... I am, I mean, the only thing that probably stopped myself from being involved um, with something like that is my mom's pocketbook. Yeah, you know, my, she couldn't afford to send you to a place like that. Yeah, you know, which is, I know Paris Hilton kind of talks about how it's, there's a lot of these schools um, for the, you know, the rich crowd, that kind of elite crowd, because yeah. the Hiltons, before all the pop bullshit, you know, they're like a dynasty they family, They were rich right? before that, yeah. <laughs> so, but she talks about how, like, there are these go-to schools, these boarding schools, these whatever-the-fuck straighten-them-out schools that all the rich folks say, oh yeah send them there so yeah. like they're all networked and shit so you know i i feel like what stopped my mom from shipping me off to a place like that was the fact that she couldn't just open up her pocketbook yeah um, and mo almost all like you said they're not regulated they're not covered by insurance it's and stuff crazy like that. Yeah. yeah they're all private pay there's no regulations on them and most of them aren't even specifically um labeled as therapy they're not even schools like there's not even like really and, and there's no clinicians there's no so one crazy. there's no one with degrees it's just like we came up with a fucking program what? where we 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 go on 20 mile hikes every day and we break you down and build you up what and as a parent even if you got money to burn would make you think that's a good place to send your kid. So that seems to be the rub, is that there's always, and I've kind of learned this working in uh, residential behavioral health, is that there's a middleman, right? The middleman is called a uh, referent. And you may talk to a referent if, say, you have someone who needs an intervention in your life. You say, oh, man, my dad is an alcoholic, and he's going to uh, end up killing himself soon. We need to get, get this guy in treatment. So there's a referent you can call, and he can kind of look at your case and then say, you know what? Here's where you should go. Here's yeah. a perfect place for him because your dad's into baseball, and this place is fucking baseball theme, whatever, yeah. whatever it is, right? Um, what they explore in this podcast and is expressed from some of the parents who do participate in the podcast, yeah. parents who sent their kids off these kind of programs, um, that they were sold a false um, bill of goods. Yeah, no doubt. That they had a referent, someone who would come in because of, you know, they came into their life however, whether it was through a school, through a church, through a police officer, and they go, this is the perfect place for your child. Oh, they have all this potential. They're acting up. Um, this is where, where they should go. And they sell you on it. And then it's very, um, do you remember 
And this was kind of a like a, a byproduct of the industry that I remembered when you brought up the talk show thing. They started doing like like they take you away in the middle of the night. Yeah. Do you remember like yeah. like seeing that? Where yeah. like and that's literally a practice. That's so messy. Where up. these referents will be like, hey, you know, the safest way, and what they do is they kind of sell you the entire program and then say, but you can't be involved. So it's, you know, you have this kid. And here's all the issues, and here's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to come take them at 2 in the morning, because don't worry, it's, it's best for them. It, they'll be disoriented. And um, we're going to take them to this school, and you can't call. You can't have contact with that's all what's best for them. That's all uh, what's, what's good for the program. And that's kind of what they're sold. And in some cases, as they explore on this podcast, The Lost Kids, um, some kids don't even make it to that first phone call home. I'm sure. They die. I have no doubt. They run away. Something happens. But it's very much like they are kind of sold, and then this goon squad comes and almost like kidnaps your kid yeah. and takes him away, and you're just like, I hope they come back fixed. So what's this called for people who want to check it out? Because I, I know I want to check it out. I just have right? no time. Right? I mean, and it's like, it's 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 one of those things of I don't know, like like you work from home, AJ, so I don't know if you can have a dedicated like 30 minute time. Cause yeah. it is kind of old timey radio, right? Like you're yeah. sitting around like, I want to hear the story. So what's it called? The lost kids. The lost kids is the name of uh, the podcast. I think it's pretty great. Maybe now we can be that podcast that has on another podcast that we can talk to them about their podcast. This is all look, listen, this is what podcasting was yeah. for the first five years. It was just podcasters promoting other podcasts, promoting other <laughs> podcasters about their podcast. Yeah. And then what would happen is you would get them on yours and they'd get you back by letting you come on theirs. Yeah. So maybe this can actually make a thing. Maybe. But check it out, man. I think it's cool. I think it's something um, that I hope is gone. Uh, it's it's not totally erased. There's still places out there. There's still these troubled programs that they say, we can fix your kid and we have our own brand of, of tough love or whatever the fuck it is. But I'll tell you what, someone that uh, works in like behavioral health right now, uh, this troubled teen industry is doing nothing but now fueling the behavioral health industry because all these teens have grown up and they're so traumatized. Now they're getting help. Yeah. Now they got to get help from all this shit that was done back then. So check it out. Don't fall in the trap. It's called The Lost Kids. The Pat and AJ Podcast Network is available on all your favorite audio platforms. Subscribe today. Follow Pat and AJ on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook now at Pat and AJ. PatandAJ.com. Support the Pat and AJ Podcast Network today by donating on Venmo or Cash App. Powered by the people. The Pat and AJ Podcast.